Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. Boom. We are coming to you from Austin, Texas, as usual, just down the road a piece from Circuit of the Americas. This is John Massengale sitting in studio with Les Kaiser. Mr. Jonathan Green is up in Seattle doing the Red Bull Global Rallycross, and he's probably still on the microphones up there, so he is going to probably not going to be able to join us tonight, but he's gonna, he sent us a couple of interviews with, uh, with a couple of the Red Bull Rallycross drivers, and so we'll hear from him later in the show. But we are joined in studio by a special guest, from Ferrari of Austin, Ryan Mortensen. Ryan, welcome to Speed City, buddy. Well, thanks, everybody. I really appreciate you guys having me out here. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I love talking about cars, and I'm excited to be on the show. You hey. know, when you have a Ferrari logo on your business card, you are always welcome at Speed City. Well, you know, he, he brings nice equipment. You know, when we were hanging around with uh, Sammy a couple of weeks ago, Sammy Hagar, of course. That was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks for helping us out with that. That is, uh, like I said, it's always fun. You never know who shows up around uh, Speed City and the Circuit of Americas, and we call on our buddies to help us out. <laughs> Host well. Sammy was one of the nicest guys ever, though, wasn't he? Wasn't oh, yeah. he like, such yeah. a wonderful person? He was. He was yeah. really, you know, you, you hear that. You always hear about the, the, the crazy stories, but Sammy was so nice. I mean, he would stop and talk and let us do multiple interviews, all kinds of stuff. He was really good. And he was really excited because that was his first time ever driving a V8. He's used to that V12. Yeah, he's he likes the big ones. Yeah, and uh, but you know he's a good driver. I really loved his video. You know I can't drive fifty five. You know, yeah. and uh, <laughs> if, if you go to uh, my website, you can actually see um, the interview that I did with him after yeah. the show. Yeah. Was what's your What's your website? Oh, it's funnyferrariguy.com. dot com. All right, cool. All right, so awesome. you brought it up. Yeah. What cars were in that video? Uh, <laughs> the three hundred eight. Actually, it was his three hundred eight. Yes. Yeah, and? it was a black one. Uh, and then God, it was a three. Uh, it was. I don't know. I don't. There's actually two of them. Uh, I don't remember. He had the, uh, not the Testarossa, what's it, the BB-512. Oh, the BB-512. And yeah. that's his car too, actually. That yeah. is his original. They he burned up the it. clutch ah. in the BB-512, and that's why the other car got pulled in. Mm. And so that's why, you you know, those of you that are paying attention to the Ferrari details, <laughs> there's uh, two different cars actually used in that. And so, uh, yeah, uh, 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 good detail, good trivia question. Well, well guys, I'm going to run is, down what we got on the show tonight, mm -hmm. and Ryan's going to help us out. But uh, so at 7.30, we have David Hanemar Henson, who is a badass race driver in the World Endurance Championship, racing for the Vianti Rebellion You're team. just all a flutter for the other life he well, leads. Well, yeah, yeah. DHH, as he's known in his other world, he's the uh, creator of of Ruby on Rails, a, uh, mm. a pretty amazing web framework that a lot of the internet, a bunch of major sites are, are developed on. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of nerding out on some of that too. But, but he is an incredible race driver, and he's racing in the LMP2 class in uh, the uh, World Endurance Championship, which, of course, is coming to Austin to Circuit of the Americas this weekend. Yes. So uh, starting on Friday, actually, they'll be out there on Thursday, but... Of course, Friday and Saturday, uh, the World Endurance Championship back for the Lone Star Le Mans here in you Austin. Bet. And I was out there yesterday in the paddock, and they have started loading in. So uh, some of them are arriving. It's always fun to see all the trucks roll in. So yeah. here they come, folks. I'm always excited to see what's going to come out of it, though. Oh, you yeah. Know, that's... Uh. They, had, they had some of them out there stacked like cordwood. It was pretty cool. <laughs> and so uh, they were unloading and 
getting those things down on the ground. Are we getting are we getting to the point where it seems normal to have incredible zillion dollar amazing race cars coming to Austin? Oh yeah, yeah, so. it, it was. You know, it's getting there. <laughs> it's getting there. You know, we've got some you know fantastic cars around that uh, actually get driven. Those those are my favorite. I will say that. Yeah. Well, let me go out the rest of the show. We're going to talk a little MotoGP here in just a moment, and then we're going to talk some Formula One. There's some stories, of course, Formula One having the week off, but there's a couple stories that we want to talk about with that. And then probably towards the end of the show, we're going to talk Red Bull Global Rallycross with Jonathan Green, one way or the other, either taped or live with Mr. Green. But I want to jump into to MotoGP, guys, because they finished up racing this morning in Misano, mm. and it was a very wet Sunday for those guys. Pretty uh, pretty interesting racing, as wet always does. You know, I, uh, I watched that, and having ridden in the rain, you know, here a few weeks ago, it it really just puts me on edge to do that on the street, much less trying to go fast. I'm just trying to survive and get where I was going when I caught in a, you know, one of those summer downpours. And I uh, was talking to somebody else about it, and they said, you know, it gets you so tense and fired up that uh, it reminded them of walking barefoot on an ice skating rink. Ooh, ah, <laughs> that, yes. that's pretty torturous that, that's, that's what it reminded them of yeah. what were they doing that i just uh. you know I, I can just imagine the tension around that and you know there you are with 300 horsepower in your throttle trying to keep all it hooked up a uh, great series of events though it really was uh something else though mm. i uh you know if you haven't watched it well we're gonna ruin it for you but uh definitely watch the last couple of laps of that well, Ooh. obviously the big story of the race was the rain, but the uh, the other story of the race is the championship. Because at the so to to wrap it up, Marquez won, and he won on the last lap, and it was really uh, he he sat behind who was in uh, who's behind him in the, the whole race. It was it was Davicioso came in third. Uh, Petrucci, Petrucci, that's right. Petrucci was, um, but he was, did it. Yeah, he took it right off the lead. It was great, and he ran all the way through. So Ducati looked great. All. Through yeah. the race, showed up at the end. Marquez came around, and you know, I noticed about two laps into it, he, uh, Marquez closed up on him. He did so pretty convincingly, and so uh, at that point, he was ready to stalk and pounce as he did in that last lap. You know, a couple of names missed out there though. Uh, Lorenzo crashes out on the Ducati. That uh, that's just hard. I know because he jumped Every out at the beginning of the race. It was, I mean, it, Ducati was looking really strong at the very beginning. Well, he's going to hurt tomorrow. That high side and landing on his back, oh, you know, yeah. was is always painful. <laughs> and he was probably about ten feet off the ground as uh, the power broke loose and then gripped and and threw him. Crutchlow did the Crutchlow thing. Yeah, he crashed out. <laughs> Sorry, bud. And then, uh, you know, just the rest of it, you know, the name missing that is heartbreaker for me is uh, Rossi. I know. With his uh, injury, uh, practicing. I say practicing. Uh, it is practicing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they practice on dirt. They'll do some enduro type things on dirt. They'll do all different kinds of things on dirt. And, you know, we talk about the training, uh, you know, one of our advertisers with uh, Colin Edwards, Texas Tornado Boot Camp. This is what Rossi was doing. He's out there on dirt bikes with a slick back tire, knobby front tire, pushing it to the edge and practicing. You know, that's the way this method came up with Kenny Roberts Sr. was uh, it's a great way to train. It's a great way to feel the bike move around without getting crazy speed. But somehow or another, Rossi managed to uh, break a leg there. Yep. And, uh, you know, he is out at least uh, at least out of the championship. I know. This, oh, yeah. this morning I'd turn on MotoGP, a little bleary-eyed at 7 a.m., and... The first thing I started doing was looking for for uh, Rossi's number on the on the grid, and I went, "Oh, that's right, he's he's injured." So it was. Uh, I mean, it's just weird not having him on on the track. But 
but it was it was still an interesting race, and of course Marquez winning, and uh, and now the championship is literally tied, 199 points apiece for both Marquez and for Andrea De Vicioso. So and and, uh, and right behind them, I mean the, the the whole thing is really tight with those two guys. And Maverick Vinales is what, like twenty points behind, not even yeah. So, so within striking distance. So the championship, it's amazing that we're this far down the line, this many races in, and that we don't, you know, this is this is anybody's those top three guys for sure. And of course, I think uh, Rossi is fourth, and obviously with him out right now, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not going to say when he's going to be back because knowing him, we'll be back sooner than they predict. But the, the championship is completely up in the air now, of course, with it being tied. But it's going to be interesting. So one race in without Valentino, he is back down to 42 points. He is still fourth place. 42 points behind. Behind yeah. Marquez and Dovey. And so uh, Maverick Vinales uh, looked great at eight. He's still there in 183. He's that's not that's nothing to worry about. That's only 16 points. That can come and go in a heartbeat. Well, I want to play a clip here. We've got a clip of Mark Marquez. Obviously, his uh, he, hanging back in the race, and in the last lap, he said, "I'm going to make this this uh, this win mine." So let's hear from Mark Marquez. You, you never know. On rain conditions, you never know. But uh, I was uh, trying to control all the race, uh, trying to control myself because I was able to be a little bit faster. But uh, I say, okay, you must to be patient, patient. Uh, and then when I saw that uh, we start to open a gap with Dobby, one moment I thought uh, to stay on second position. But uh, then on the last lap, I say, I try. I mean, this championship is really tight. Uh, five points can be a lot in the end. After Silverstone, it's important, really important this victory for for me for myself but uh, especially for for the team and yeah keep pushing uh, we have a good level so keep uh, riding la- like we do because uh, it's the way thank you very much yeah i obviously marquez is going to always be one of the favorites in the hunt all the, throughout the season obviously it was really exciting to have ducati jump to the uh, you know be at the top of the standings and, and vinales early in the season we thought he was going to run away with it Hey, you know, but for the season, here's what I like. You got Yamaha with four spots in the top ten. Ducati's got three. Honda's got three. How cool is that? It is. That is actually. But there's really one cool. brand. There's one brand that we're used to seeing up there that is not up there. And shockingly, who's closest to being there on that brand? Andrea Ioni. Ioni on yeah. his Suzuki. Uh, that's back to sixteenth. That's a far cry for Suzuki. So should be really interesting how that comes out. Uh, at least his Spargo on his Aprilia is up to 14th for the season. But uh, if we counted 12, you get to throw in our buddy Scott Redding at 12 on the Ducati. Well, guys, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get Ryan to talk all kinds of Ferrari with us. Uh, and uh, he's with Ferrari of Austin. So we're going to make him talk about what's going on over there. And, of course, we're going to talk a little Formula One. So stick with us here on Speed City live from Austin. Back after these messages. MV 
Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Talk 1370. Hi, my name is Colette Davis, and you're listening to Speed City. Colette Davis, we haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah, Colette has uh, been busy. We'll, uh, hey, you know, speaking of motorcycles and some of the other things, I want to highlight, hey, we're going to be uh, headed up to Fort Worth in two weeks for the American Flat Track Races. I think Jonathan Green's going to jump in the speed wagon with me and i think we're going to dash up there and uh enjoy some dirt so i want to talk ferrari we've got ryan mortensen from ferrari of austin sitting in the studio with us we got to talk some ferrari ryan uh first of all so let you brought cars for less and i both to have to have for a couple months yeah anytime guys no problem (laughs) i hope you enjoy those (laughs) they're sitting out in the parking lot he had them delivered oh yes Uh, some very rare ones in fact okay but i get the one with the uh I don't want the pedal car one. I want the electric battery one. I, I mean, there's the power size, wheels one. You know. yeah. Power wheels. No wonder he was so willing. <laughs> no problem, guys. I got so, you. Uh, Ryan, I want to start with, with Formula One, Ferrari yeah. and Formula One, because the big story for 2017 in Ferrari in Formula One is that they are kicking ass. I mean, they have been hyper competitive now with, I mean, look, Vettel leading the championship on and off throughout the year and Ferrari giving Mercedes a run for the money this year. It's been, you know, all Mercedes for the last few years and very un-Ferrari-like before that. And now Ferrari's back in the hunt and obviously the cars are as competitive as they have been in a long time. That's very true. The, the cars are just absolutely amazing, especially the 488 these days. You know, coming into the twin turbo, doing it with this dual clutch transmission, all the Ferrari F1 technology, it, it's just amazing uh, what, what they've really been producing. I'm really excited to see what's going to be happening. You know, next week, what we have going on at the track, you know, uh, the, the GTE is going to be, I saw it, it came to the dealership and we held onto it for a while. Awesome. Uh, which was really beautiful, beautiful yellow. It was just gorgeous. Um, you know, Ferrari just has so much coming to it. And yes, we had, a, you know, maybe a little, you know, less time on the totem pole that we really want to be higher up. Uh, but... Uh, we're coming back strong because, you know, Sebastian is amazing. You know, they've already celebrated, I believe it's their 82nd win where Kimi and um, where Ferrari both first and second places, you know, yeah. 82 times. That's amazing. 
That's a lot through, you know, Well, Ferrari is, I mean, Formula One would not be Formula One without Ferrari. I mean, it it is, it's, I mean, it's the most iconic name in Formula One. It's, it may be the most iconic name in automobiles, really, right now. It's, it's the, it's probably the most coveted and amazing brand in motorsports or in, in automobiles, really. Yeah. And, you know, I love how they work their name even into rap songs and, you know, (laughs) of today. You, You can hear it all the time. And that's one thing I just think is beautiful. Ferrari is a wonderful company that's innovative, passionate, driven. And, you know, everyone's lost a race or lost a fight or lost a championship at one time in their life. But Ferrari never has the attitude of, well, I guess we put our heads down. It's always been, we're going to win and we're going to win again. And we didn't even lose, but we won anyway in our minds. (laughs) You know, that's the attitude and that's the passion that drives that engine. That's why it doesn't give up. It, It really, the attitude penetrates every aspect well you know the 458 and the 488 Mm. the last couple of years last couple of models have been really looked at as the the ultimate supercar because yeah there's cars with more horsepower yes there's cars with cooler this or that but really when you get down to it i think if you ask any you know any any of the car magazines any of the anybody that's reviewing anybody that's looking at cars in a uh, in a in a in a way to say what's the best what's the mm. the the four five eight was at the top and the four eighty eight topped r- it topped it and it's really just it it's probably the most amazing supercar out right now yeah and you know here's something that I've had the privilege of working for Ferrari is that I've driven so many Ferraris of different ages you know we just had uh, a a three oh eight the other day that came in that I got to drive you know which is a lot of fun and um, <clears throat> then on you don't top quite of it, have the mustache for it. No, I don't. I really can't. If I shave the you got beard, a like shirt collection. I did put on a classic rock while I was driving it, so I have to admit it was a lot of fun. Uh, but you know, driving all the way up into the current models, what I really have seen, and not having the privilege of driving other exotic sports cars, is that Ferrari is is beyond everybody else. It, it's absolutely true. Just from how you can take a single right turn into a right turn lane around a corner. It's just from that going five miles an hour, you can tell this is a superior car. You start putting down um, the gas for that matter, then you feel something. It drives deep into, penetrates your soul. That sound of the 458, it's something you want to go to sleep to because if you, you know, if you really love it, it's just beautiful. It's exciting, that rumble. It's like an earthquake behind you that propels you forward into the wind. I love it. <laughs> yeah, the Ferrari sound, I think, is really a big part of of Ferrari's brand. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of the Ferrari sound, I want to mm-hmm. ask you about the, the the shift from the 458 to the 488 mm, when you went question. from naturally aspirated yes. to a turbocharged. Because mm. the first thing uh, I think of when I think I'm going to a turbocharged car is that the, you're going to change the exhaust note just by the, the nature of how a turbo works, right? Yeah. So you're going to change the exhaust note. And I, and I know the, the Ferrari faithful, when <laughs> the rumors started coming out yes. about the 488 being a turbo car, I'm sure they're... Their heads were about to explode. I hear it all the time. But I think the the first thing that fixed that was the horsepower jump. That was a good jump. But then the second thing was, I think that it's Ferrari. You know they're going to make it sound great. Yeah, you know they are going to make it sound great. And you know the hardest part is you have to have a really um, tuned ear to hear the differences between the 488 and the 458 because they're both just awesome. You know, if you hear, took one lion out in the jungle, uh, uh, an alpha lion, and then you took another lion in another jungle and you heard them, you know, roar, it sounds almost the same but slightly different because they're just different 
lions. And well, you know, that's what you have here. I always say it, it's like voices singing. Yeah. Or yelling. If <laughs> the throttles match. If you listen to me sing, it's definitely yelling. <laughs> and don't take me karaoke, boys. Uh, but, you know, the difference is I think it actually adds to it, just to be honest with you. You hear the, the spooling of the turbos with the 488, but it's ever so slight. So it kind of adds to the whole soundtrack versus just a 458, which is just, you know, pure and perfect just the way it is. Um, only a true purist will really kind of maybe sense that difference. I'll tell you, my uh, my service manager uh, Chris Meza at at Ferrari of Austin, he he can his his you know ear is tuned today. He goes, oh no no, the four five eight, that's where it is. It's better, but I'm about the four eighty eight all day. I really am. I like the styling, I like the power, I like the juice. It's good. Yeah, six hundred and twenty horsepower. Yes. I, I, I was going to say that solved a lot of the problems. Nah. Said, you know what? I think I could probably deal with a little different sound with an extra hundred horsepower. What was the four five eight? It's got a stereo, John. <laughs> Why think, would you use it? Yeah, do, you, do they come with a stereo? The only time you put the stereo you on is like when you're parking with your lady the stereo. <laughs> over the edge. That's when you put the stereo We're on. Picking, nitpicking uh, a Ferrari. Seriously, yeah, dude. yeah, you can't do it. You can't do it. You just can't. Uh, you know, the the four five eight had a beautiful sound. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Ferrari of Austin. Well, you guys, you got something new about to happen, right? We do. I'm very excited. <laughs> about that we have decided after seven years of being in austin at the same location that we decided to build our own property and now it's sixty thousand square feet on five and a half acres wow and yet <laughs> yes it is i will say this true not only is it the biggest ferrari dealership in texas but i'm pretty much 99.9 percent .9 sure until someone proves otherwise biggest ferrari dealership in the country I was going to say, that sounds pretty enormous. I'm super excited. I have a new, brand new office with glass, you know, the dark <laughs> glass. It's see-through. It's beautiful. It's great. Welcome to Texas. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> Everything's bigger. That's, that's exactly right. It's yeah. as it should be, as right? Should be. Yeah, we have two showrooms, and our service bay has 18 lifts to it. So, you know, we're really excited. And it's going to be located on William Cannon and 35 out here in beautiful Austin, Texas. Awesome. 15 minutes away from the track. Oh, that's there true. There you go. Be a lot closer to the track. Yes. There's a good selling point. And I really hope a lot of people do come out to F1 out here at Austin for a lot of good reasons. One, it's the best track in the world. Two, Austin is really the greatest city. I've really loved living here. I've been here eight years now, and it's just beautiful and fun and great people. But also, it's Ferrari's you know anniversary, and everybody from Seven Ferrari, years. from Ferrari themselves, everybody that's everybody in Ferrari will be here. Oh, that's cool. From Italy, all all of everyone from the engineers. I didn't realize that. Men. So it's 70? 70 years of huh. excellence. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so you should definitely come by to the dealership and F1 because this is the year. This is where F, this is where Ferrari is going to come and set a whole new series of timeline of just excellence in F1. You, hear, you heard it from me first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to go back to some of the cars, of course, being Ferrari. And, uh, you know, the 488... Mm -hmm. iconic it is you know i talk about it being the supercar and but it's this is going to sound crazy but it at, what is it about two hundred fifty thousand, something like that sticker price give or take uh well let's see for example i have a new 2018 that's you know really loaded quite well that one's at 320 um there's other ones that i have 2017 488 spider for example which definitely adds a little bit of a cost to it you know 386 and i have some that are about 399 like the full track version ones. I call them the Black Widow and the Wild Stallion. Yeah. yeah, some good stuff out there, folks. You should check out the website. They're pretty to look at. So I want to talk about the next step, or, or not the next step. I want to talk about the top step, the, the LaFerrari. <laughs> the LaFerrari. <laughs> Everybody look out. <laughs> yeah, because what is it, roughly, what, 900 horsepower? With, yeah. If you include the electric side and the and the normally aspirated? 
uh, it doesn't matter how much horsepower it has. It's the Ferrari. <laughs> That's all that matters is we've named it the Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> and that says about everything right there. Kind of uh, like Madonna, Cher, yes, thank you. Sting. That's right. <laughs> it's done. This, this is done. Uh, I haven't had the privilege to drive one yet, and I say yet because uh, the owner uh, has a couple. So I'm going to try and sneak into there, get into that, drive that experience. Uh <laughs> it's kind of something I really, really. Hey, we may actually to. have the highest mileage LaFerrari in the world. Yeah, you were talking about that. Some guy so who rides around, around in the uh, rain, around four thousand miles. <laughs> I think no, no, I think he's like uh, forty thousand miles. No way. Is, uh, You're what somebody stated that he seriously drives it a few times a week in all kinds of rain. I saw him right here by the station. And the car was absolutely filthy, like he'd been driving down some dirty road in the rain. Wow. In a LaFerrari. You know what? I want to shake that man's hand, though. I love that guy. (laughs) We have a client that actually, his uh, 458, he's got 40,000 miles on it. He drives it every day. And, you know, that car runs absolutely fine. And uh, another dealer friend of mine, he had a 360. It was up to 100,000 miles, guys. 100,000 miles. I like that 360. I like it, I like it a lot. Uh, it's the single clutch is the only thing that gets it for me. It's the dual clutch every day, you know. Well, there was one that had been leaned on. I think it was nine hundred horsepower here locally for a while. Beautiful gray one. Oh yeah, the gray one. Uh, that's actually the Challenge Stradale one. That that we, we, we sold that actually to one of the guys here in Austin. A really nice guy. Well, I want you to talk about the owner of the dealership and mm-hmm. his connection to racing. But we've just got a little bit of time left for the next segment. But talk about the owner and the connection to racing because it's a pretty amazing connection. It is a pretty pretty amazing connection. Uh, the owner of, of my uh, dealership that I work at here in Austin and also in Houston is and San Antonio is uh, um, Giuseppe Risi. And from Risi uh, Compensazione. And he is, friend, you know, how should I say this? He was good friends with Enzo. You know, he came here to America to kind of like help bring Ferrari into the States. And they were friends with racing. And he's such a lovely man to sit down and talk to. This is just a friendly guy that you just want to sit down and say, please tell me another great story of when, yeah. you know, and uh, he's passionate about racing, you know. Well, I'll um, say this. Yeah. He picks out the right people. My buddy Dave Beaky Sims mm. is uh, one of the team leads on it. And, uh, you know, if that if that name's not familiar to you, certainly Jim Clark is in certainly. Formula One history from the deadly years. But uh, you know what? Go and check out Dave Beaky Sims. Amazing history. And he's told so many stories there in the garage about things way back when. But uh, another collection right there at, in Reese. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and take a break because when we come back, we're going to have a, a race driver with us. We're going to have David Hennemeyer Hansen, who's going to join us, who's coming to Austin to race at Circuit of the Americas in the World Endurance Championship. Listen to Speed City. We are live in Austin, Texas. Back after a quick break. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The Racetrack. It's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin, and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. 
Austin exotic iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. If you've ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know of Bud's Motorcycle Shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley service rides on. No longer is Bud's in downtown Austin, it is now Ravel's Heavy Duty, and they've moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring in your new, used, and abused, but there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check it out at RavelsHeavyDuty.com. This is Alex Gurney. This is Speed City. Thank you, Alex Gurney, for bringing us back. All righty. All right, we're going to talk some racing at Circuit of the Americas. World Endurance Championship is coming to town in just a few days. Get your tickets, circuitoftheamericas.com, of course. But hey, I want what? to, yes, sir. I always, I always tell people this is one of my favorite events to go to because this is world class. These are the guys you see running the 24-hour Le Mans, the Daytona 24, and you get to walk right up to the garage door opening and see the cars, talk to the owners. The coolest thing that I've seen is when, if they're done kind of prepping the car and, and they see a little kid with mom and dad there, they'll go over and invite the little kid in the garage, put him in the car, and everybody's snapping pictures of this little kid yep. in the car. And I'm like, thanks. You're absolutely The next right. generation of racer, or and at least know, a fan, you know? And, and we're going to bring in our guest here in just a second, but let the, the technology and the level of racing in the World Endurance Championship really... You, you can't under uh, underestimate or, or 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 talk down about it because it's uh, it's it's as close to Formula One as you could possibly get, and so. But I want to bring on our next guest. Our next he knows guest, a thing or two about technology. Yeah, he knows a little bit about technology <laughs> yeah. too. Our next guest is David Hennemeyer Hansen, and David is with the Vianti Rebellion Racing Team, and he's coming off fresh off his win in Mexico last week. David, welcome back to Speed City. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, very excited to have you, and I'm Man, sure you're Congrats for last week. Yeah, congratulations. Well, thank you. I mean, it was a great uh, victory for the team. Unfortunately, it was not the car I was in. We have uh, two cars on the team. Uh, I'm in car number 13, and it was the 31 that took the victory in Mexico. I won last year, but... Uh, this year it was uh, it was the sister car, but it was nice of you to share. Nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know that's bringing up a good point. It's a team sport, absolutely, and it's a, a big part of that win is not just the drivers, but everybody else involved in the team. So, you, you know, to me, if your team won, you won. Well, that's how we like to look at it too. Absolutely, it's a team sport, and it's not just the two cars; it's the entire organization behind the cars. I mean. Oftentimes when we're on track, what people usually see is you see the driver in the car. We have a fleet of mechanics and support people and engineers and data engineers and um, tire guys and everything to, to make this happen. Uh, and every single one of them can make or break a, a race. So it, it really is a huge team effort. Well, David, I know you have been racing for a while now in the World Endurance Championship, and I know you have a... 24 hours of Le Mans win under your belt. That's amazing. And a championship in your class under your belt. So obviously you've got the credentials, but I, I want to talk to you about specifically about Circuit of the Americas. We're right here in Austin. We love our racetrack, but I want to hear it. I want to hear what you think of Circuit of the Americas and racing in the World Endurance Championship here. Absolutely. I've been in the World Endurance Championship since it started, actually, even with the precursor called the Island Sea before that. 
And right from the first moment we went to um, Circuit of the Americas, it was just an amazing experience. Um, the track is just phenomenal. And I think it's phenomenal for a bunch of reasons. Not only is it uh, just made to a spec that we otherwise don't have in the U.S. There's lots of wonderful racetracks in the U.S., but there's none that is made to the spec and is as new as Circuit of the Americas. So having the opportunity to run a track of the F1 caliber as part of our season in the U.S., is amazing. I also love the fact that the track is so accessible to fans. Um, I've had the good fortune of watching quite a few races there. Uh, in previous years, we've shared the calendar with the IMSA race, which I always ended up watching. And there's just a bunch of places on the track where you can get really close to the cars. I had a trailer parked there the last few years on, on the back straight. And there's just a, there's a small fence, and then there's the cars, and they're just <laughs> zooming right past you. It's just a, it's a great fan experience in a way that I think a lot of other wonderful tracks don't really have that level of access. So uh, I think that's a, that's a huge bonus. And then, of course, uh, driving the track itself. I've driven the track both in GT cars and, and as I'm doing this year in the prototypes. It's a fast-flowing track. It's got slow sections. It's got pretty much everything. And... Um, it's just a, it's an amazing track for a driver to, to be able to run. We run it for six hours. Um, I kind of wish there was a 24-hour race or a 12-hour race at, uh, at Coda. That would be amazing. But uh, for six hours, it's, it's a complete blast. Yeah, well, we have – it's one of our favorite events, is, of course, coming to Circuit of the Americas as well. And uh, I used – I love the racing at night. I know we're not going to do, do that this year, but, um, but it would be nice to see a 12-hour or 24-hour race here. Uh, and I know that next year it's going to be interesting because with the shift that's happening in World Endurance Championship, that next year we don't have our race back at Coda, but there I've seen a to-be-determined date out in like February of 2018. Uh, who knows what could happen with that? And uh, and I'd love to see it come back to Austin. And I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Uh, have you do you have any thoughts on that? I'm absolutely sure that the the race will return to Austin at some point. Um, next year is is a little bit of a funky year. Um, there are only four races on the calendar, down from nine this year. So it's not like uh, Austin was singled out and and cut. Basically, uh, five races was cut from the calendar next year. I think the series is just going through a little bit of a hiccups with the uh, the top LMP1 class and with the Porsche uh, withdrawing from the season kind of in the middle of everything, kind of threw the organizers off a bit, I think. So I think they're doing the right thing in uh, retreating a bit, regrouping, and then getting us ready to to take another crack at it. But the U.S. is, is um, the biggest car market in the world for a bunch of the manufacturers who run racing programs. So, of course, we have to race in the U.S. Uh, I live in the U.S. I want to race in the U.S. I know lots of the competitors do. And if we do race in the U.S., um, going to Coda is the absolutely natural choice. I know that um, in 19, uh, we're going to go to back to Sebring, which is another of my my favorite tracks, which is a great place to go to. Um, but uh, as, as a modern track, I think Coda and Austin deserves to be on the calendar. Well, really, I can't tell you how exciting it is to hear you say that. And and you're right. The the biggest thing is what you said is that the United States is the the is a huge car market, and especially towards the high end of the of all these automobiles. And, and let's face it, the the some of the the biggest names in in automobiles love to showcase their their cars on the racetrack and and uh, and test them here on Circuit of the Americas. Because yeah, really, we, we always have industry 
show days here where, you know, the manufacturers bring a car, bring a collection of cars and run it. And, uh, you know, prospective customers or even current customers, it's really becoming busy out there. So, yeah. Well, David, uh, I want to ask you about, you know, you haven't always been in the LMP2, LMP2 class. Talk about racing in that versus the other classes you've been in. Sure. So the two main classes we have in the WEC is the GT cars, which are sort of the, your Porsche 911s, your Ferrari uh, 488s, and mm-hmm. uh, your Corvettes <laughs> and so on. Uh, I raced at that uh, or in that class uh, a couple of times, including the uh, win I got at the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 2014 in the Aston Martin Vantage car. And then again last year in the uh, Porsche 911. And uh, both those years, we went to uh, went to Coda and had an absolute blast. Um, I remember particularly the year we took the, um, the 2014, both the win at Le Mans and our drivers' championship. Uh, it was raining at yeah. uh, at Coda, and especially in in my stint, um, which made it really exciting. It was funny for all the drivers we've been talking to, and from Europe, we would say like, "Oh no, it never rains in Austin," and then. We actually ended up having the, the race in the rain, I think, three years in a row, something of, uh, something of a record. But it was great. Rain or shine, that track is, is phenomenal. And um, it, it's great whether you race it in the GT car or whether you race it in a prototype. But I will say I am really pleased to be back this year in a prototype, and not just any prototype. It's special for this year, we upgraded the LMP2 machinery, and they got a huge bump in performance. Not only is the aerodynamics a lot more advanced, uh, we also have more than 100 extra horsepower. So we are kicking around some 600 horsepower in a car that only weighs about 900 kilos. Uh, And we're expected to go more than five seconds a lot quicker than the LMP2 cars did last year. Did you so say five you seconds? Imagine that the, the forces and the G's and, and everything is going to be cracked up quite a lot. I see it's also going to be a um, fairly hot weekend, which means that the whole physical challenge of it, especially since we're not going to be racing into the night, but we'll be racing during the hot hours, is going to be significant. And I love that part of racing WEC. It's not just a sprint series. You don't just get into the car and, and go pedal to the metal for 20 minutes, and then you can get out. No, you have to last the distance. Uh, I'm typically in the car for about an hour and a half or so. And being in a, a car that pulls upwards of uh, four and a half Gs for an hour and a half in 92-degree weather with a, let's call it, asthmatic AC yeah. is uh, quite the <laughs> physical challenge, and I absolutely love that. Yeah, you know, that's uh, we talk about that on the show all the time, about how uh, race drivers, if you if they don't know the sport, they don't realize how athletic race drivers have to be and just what you just described is a good example of that many G-forces for that amount of time. So, uh, well, David, one of the stories that I love to talk about you is that I, I'm in the tech world a little bit as myself, and I'm very familiar with Ruby on Rails and, and Basecamp. But I want to I want you to talk about how your story, how you went from a, being a computer programmer to, and I know you still are, but to, to doing what you do in, in the World Endurance Championship. What was that like, and how did that happen? Sure. So um, I started both endeavors kind of late in life. I started programming when I was just uh, around 20. I was not some six-year-old prodigy who uh, was programming since the uh, since the early times. Um, and then I didn't actually even get my driver's license until I was 25. And um, huh. I didn't get into racing until I was uh, around 27 or 28. 
Um, and I think those two things kind of uh, went a little bit hand in hand. Uh, the business, as you talk about Basecamp, which is a, a project management and company collaboration tool, Basecamp.com. Uh, that was the business that kind of made it possible for me to get into racing. Um, as, as your listeners probably know, racing is a fairly expensive sport. And um, as, as a 25-year-old, when I just got my driver's license, I did not have uh, any funds to go racing. So it took a couple of years for the business to, to pick up and, and do better. And then um, as soon as I had the opportunity to do it, I, um, I had a friend that took me to a racetrack near Joliet, the Autobahn Country Club near uh, Chicago. And gave me a taste, taste of what it was like to sit in a race car. And I did that uh, exactly one time before I knew that I had to do more of that, a lot more of that. So I took a, a couple of years and um, basically just honed my racing skills down on that track in, in Joliet before I then um, upgraded first into a Porsche Cayman, um, sort of similar to what the GT4 cars are today, and then jumped on to uh, the Terrera Cup or uh, the Porsche GT3 Cup here in the U.S., did that for a year. And then I jumped into the uh, ILMC, which led to, to me doing uh, LMP2 in, in the American Le Mans series, as it was called in, in 2012. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had a quick study, let's say, of, uh, of getting into cars and getting into racing. But um, the wonderful thing about racing is it's such a immediate feedback um, sport yeah. to learn. You go around a track and it takes an hour or a minute and, and 30 seconds or so, and you'll see instantly whether you got better or whether you got worse. And I just love that feedback loop. So that combined with the fact that um, racing these days is so dependent on data. We capture tons and tons of data every single time we go out. And as drivers, if you spend the time to analyze that, you can really dive in and find out where can you be better? Where can you be fa- faster? And that's one of the things I love about the WC and I love about endurance racing in general is that I get to drive with some of the best drivers in the world, literally. On my car, um, I am the gentleman driver. I'm non-professional. And then I get to drive with two professional drivers who do this for a living who are amazingly quick. Um, Matthias Besch and Nelson Piquet Jr. are the two drivers in my car. And every single time after every session, I'll sit down, I'll analyze their data, I'll overlap it with mine, I'll find out exactly how much I have to change, whether I need to release the brake pedal a little bit into turn seven, or whether I need to get on the gas a little sooner in turn 11, or whether I need to take a different line altogether. We not only have the data, we also have the video. So we have great onboard video. Most teams use GoPro or something similar. And you can uh, kind of sync that up pretty well with the data and then see exactly what's going on in turn after turn and then try to internalize that and then replicate it on track for the next session. See, folks, with the utmost respect, nerds are fast. David, I got to I got to ask. So you said you started late in life into driving and, and racing, but did you ride mini bikes, go-karts? What, did you do anything of that nature before you got into this? What I did was to play a lot of video games, a lot of racing games, but that was it. Did I you ever play Rad Racer? I background in, in, in any um, go-karts or anything else like that. This was all PlayStation and Dreamcast mm. and Nintendo and what else you have, and I think at the time when I was playing those games, I didn't really realize that the connection would be there. But I think uh, uh, the Nissan Driving Academy program and other programs have definitively shown that if, if you can figure out how to drive a virtual car fast, there's a pretty good chance that you'll be able to translate those skills into a real car. And I think 
programs like Forza Motorsports and Gran Turismo have really taken that to a new level. In fact, even these days, after I learned how to drive um, a, a real car, I still go back to the games. Whenever <laughs> I have to go to a new track I haven't been at before, I'll load up one of the games, um, either on one of the consoles or I, I these days I have a slightly more sophisticated simulator um, to run it on, and it's a fantastic training. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing like seat time. And if you can get seat time virtually, that's all, not only entirely free, it means you can take great chances. And if you smash up the car, the bill is exactly $0, which is a, yeah. a great change towards smashing up a car in, in real life. Well, you know, David, there's guys like Jan Maldenborough who went through the Nissan GT Academy, who was, that's how he got into racing, is he, he raced against people all over the world on racing games, and then and that's the way the Nissan GT Academy said. I'm sure you know the story, but that's how he got into racing. And so, obviously, the skills translate. You you know, you've got to, as good as video games are now, they are simulators. They're so good, and they're getting better every year. So I, I'm, I'm certain you're going to see more and more kids that become the path, well, essentially what you did. You you came through video games, and and uh, and, and there'll probably be more and more. No doubt. Uh, and it's not just the kids coming up now. I think all the established races have also realized that um, using simulators between events is a great way to keep sharp and to prepare for wherever you're going. So most of the drivers that I know and I, I work with, they use some sort of uh, simulators, even if that was not the way they came up. It's simply the way of, uh, of the sport now, not only just for the drivers, but on many teams, they also use all sorts of community simulations to figure out what setup should be what the, the fuel runs can be, what tire consumption, and so forth. Um, so this is, this is the way it's going. Uh, I remember when I first got started, this was back in 2007, uh, using these technologies at the club level was kind of just being introduced. And I remember people saying, oh, I don't know, you can't really learn how to drive a car from a computer. Well, you'd be surprised. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you can't necessarily... Uh, learn everything there is to to the sensation of it. But as soon as you've got the basics down, what will make you quicker and better is absolutely studying that data. It's just kind of rocket fuel for improvement. Well, David Hannemeyer Hansen, thank you so much for coming on Speed City, uh, DHH as you're known. And uh, we appreciate you coming on and we look forward to seeing you at Circuit of the Americas and uh, wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. I can't wait to come down and race. Yep. See you next week. Travel right. safe, buddy. All right, thanks. Bye. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Very excited to have a guy like that on the you show. You are so geeky. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I could tell you, I could go on and on about Ruby on Rails as well, but but we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, Mr. Jonathan Green has Skyped in, and he's going to join us and talk a little global rallycross. Red Bull guys were up there having fun in Seattle, so stick with us after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. 
Gambia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envy Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envy Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 Envy Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of Envy Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Talk 1370. Andrea De Vizioso, and this is Speed City. Andrea De Vizioso, this is a Speed City. That uh, that guy's having a pretty darn good season. He is. He's doing great. Loving seeing him up there. All the Ducati boys. What about the beginning of the race when uh, Pedrosa jumped right out, man? Oh man, yeah, I that was uh, that was surprising, and I really was afraid he was gonna just you know go for an off in turn one. <laughs> I did too. I, actually, that, it's, it's what I was really waiting for. Yeah, I was going to talk about barefoot on the ice skating rink. Yeah. yeah, that was. I was thinking. There he goes, zing. Well, I think Mr. Jonathan Green is on the line, and we're going to talk a little Red Bull Global Rallycross. Mr. Green, are you? Do you hear us from Seattle? Yeah, ciao tutte. <laughs> How are you, sir? We got Ryan Mortensen here in the studio from Ferrari of Austin. Hey, That's why I did my little Italian for you. I love it, buddy. <laughs> I love it when they when an English man does an Italian accent. That's just, <laughs> ah, for me, I'm very happy. <laughs> it's a and he's probably had a lot of coffee today no. too, knowing that area. <laughs> you had a great time. We were sleepless in Seattle throughout the weekend. It was brilliant. It's been a really good time here, um, and we've had some great racing. We had a double header. You can probably hear from my voice. I've been giving it full song, and um, great crowd and. Seattle really gets rally, that's for sure. That's great, man. That's cool because that's such a fun sport to watch, man, especially in person. Yeah, to be honest, what people don't realize is that rally class is still fairly new in terms of a sport, but the best rally drivers, and I'm talking stage rally drivers, i.e. world rally drivers, um, are taking part in this uh, from Sebastian Loeb, to, um, you know, we've got Chris Atkinson, who's raced for Subaru on the world stage. Uh, Patrick Sandell was on the podium today. and But it also attracts asphalt races. It also attracts single-seater guys like Scott Speed, who, of course, has been in Formula One and more recently has won Formula E. So, um, you know, and, and we've got also all the indie teams are represented in, in Rallycross. So Andretti Autosport, uh, Dreyer Reinbold, um, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's on a trajectory that is positive. Let's put it that way. The sport's growing, and hell, I can't help it. It's a it's cool to watch, and I know it's got a younger audience too, which is really exciting in any motorsport. Younger drivers or younger audience is what everybody's uh, striving for. Well, the beauty of it is, it's you know, it's kind of based around the stadium, and therefore everybody can see it. So we do it on a lot of the uh, NASCAR, what we were doing. We were at Evergreen Speedway today uh, in Seattle. So we do it on some of the uh, sort of, um, you know, a smaller NASCAR circuits for sort of cl not club, but, you know, the sort of national level um, NASCAR tracks. So we use part of the oval and then we go on the infield 
put a 70-foot jump in the middle of it. I mean, it's just boys and their toys. It really is. Um, and then put a bunch of dirt down and then go racing. That sounds like a blast. Well, talk about this weekend. I know you got a couple of interviews queued up for us too, but talk about this weekend. And I mean, what do we got? One one weekend left, right? Yep. Uh, this was the penultimate round. We had a double header here. So two full complete uh, race weekends uh, in one. Effectively, we had a full day on Saturday uh, with a you know prize giving and all the rest of it, full points, and then a completely new event Sunday. So a chance, <clears throat> if you win the race, it's 50 points. So a chance to score over 100 points. So when we came into the weekend, there was still 243 points up for grabs. So really anybody uh, could win the championship. And then we've got one more event in L.A. Uh, and Long Beach right there on the uh, on the bay in Long Beach in October. Um, and like I said, the beauty of it is we've got Volkswagen Beetles. We've got Honda Civics. Um, we've got Subaru rally cars and Ford Fiestas. So, it, you know, it, it's come all and race all. Uh, and um, we've had a great battle over the last two years in supercars between teammates from Andretti Autosport, which is Tanner Faust um, and Scott Speed. And again, today, they went at it. Um, in fact, though, for last time out in Atlantic City, um, Faust had a bad weekend and lost his championship lead. Scott Speed was uh, a three-time winner in the last of three events, so he's now got the, the clear championship lead. But Tanner, uh, Tanner Faust bounced back today and took an amazing double victory in Seattle. Uh, and Seattle's really where he started because he was a drifting guy back in the day. And, and at this particular circuit, they hold drifting races. So the crowd knew him and he played to the crowd brilliantly. And anyway, I spoke to him right after the race um, uh, on the podium, in fact, celebrating with the crowd. Okay, Speed City fans, I'm on the podium here in Seattle with a man who made the podium twice. Two wins in Seattle. You kept them sleepless overnight, but you did it again. Congratulations, Tanner. Is that a movie reference? I think so, yeah. Well, you like movies. Oh, yeah, I do. I, uh, Meg Ryan's pretty awesome, too. Was, that, was she in Sleepless in Seattle? I think she was. Yeah, awesome. Um, no, it was an amazing weekend. Um, really great for the team. I mean, 1-2, one, 1-2 two, one, two for us. It's a, it's a perfect finish. I mean, Scott is a ridiculously consistent, so uh, there wasn't much chance to gain too many points on him this weekend, which was really what I needed to do, but um, definitely put a gap on Arpen going into the last race. Uh, but really a great performance from Volkswagen Andretti out here. I mean, they nailed everything. We had some hustle changes behind the scenes. Always there's something going on. And if we can make it look easy from the outside, then we're doing our jobs right. You seem to, in this particular weekend, to have the starts. I mean, your starts, certainly yesterday, perhaps more than today, were, were blistering. Had you done anything different? Now we haven't really changed anything. It's just a matter of uh, finding consistency. And um, this surface is a little bit less grippy than some of the other surfaces. Uh, I think the VWs are very drivable. And um, the way that uh, the rules have it, it, you really don't get any help from the car when you do the start. So you really need to have drivability in order to get out of there quick. And I think that's one of our strong points. Talking of movies, on to La La Land to win the championship. Yeah, until actually tomorrow I start work on a movie uh, doubling Brad Pitt in something. I'm some some moon movie, but uh, there's worse things he could be. Yeah, so I'll be. Hopefully, some of uh, you know him rubs off on. But it's a um, yeah. Then we go into L.A. Uh, right up the street from my house in Long Beach, where I, I live in Newport Beach. Um, so that'll be nice to sleep at home uh, for once in the year. But it's a um, yeah, it's a, it's always a fun track out there. It's a unique venue being on a pier with water on three sides. And we hope to, it's a short track out there, as this young man just pointed out. And uh, we're hoping to uh, have some, put on a good show out there. We'll see you in L.A. Thanks a lot. Alrighty, thank you.
Jonathan, we're about to wrap up the show. Give us a little wrap-up of Global Rallycross, where we're at. Well, the other thing was um, Cyril Ramon won the Likes Championship, so he is now the champion. But we go down to L.A., and it's another shootout between the two Volkswagens of Scott Speed and Tanner Faust. The man who wins takes the prize home. So it's all to play for in L.A., October 14th. All right, Mr. Green, we want to thank Ryan Mortensen from Ferrari of Austin for sitting and talking Ferraris with us. It doesn't get any better than that. Hey, I didn't hear Ferrari mentioned in the Rallycross series. Step yeah. it up. Not dude. yet. We're waiting for Ryan to send us a nice lead <laughs> strip down one. You Step got it up. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, everybody. I really appreciate you having me out. And I'd love for you guys to come down and check out our new dealership on William Cannon and 35. Come meet me. Say hello. Also, come check out my Facebook and Instagram at funnyferrariguy.com. Awesome. Ryan Mortensen, thank you so much. Best of luck with you guys at the new dealership starting tomorrow. That's starting awesome. tomorrow. I'm excited. Boom. I really am, guys. It's going to be beautiful, and it is. It's going to be Alrighty. good. I can't wait to get down there and check that out. I will be down there soon. All right, well, thanks for tuning in to Speed City tonight. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Check our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram, or FaceTube, and whatever else we got. Talk to you soon. Ciao, y'all. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.